Lord, as we come before you this morning for this time of prayer, we ask um, so you keep us, um, remind us of, of your love and whatever graces you want to give us, whatever, um, whatever ways you want to inspire our hearts, our hearts today. Um, today, here in our parish, we're, we're making use of a, um, it's, not a, it's not even a loophole, <laughs> it's just, it's a, it's a happy chance that because of the way that things fell, um, we're celebrating a second St. Therese's Day. And that um, because in, in the calendars for the ordinary and the extraordinary form don't quite line up, um, we celebrated St. Therese's Day this past Thursday. Um, but then today, October 3rd, is her feast day in the extraordinary form. And so by celebrating the extraordinary form today, we're able to celebrate a second St. Therese Mass um, and celebrate this great saint um, called by um, called by so many of the popes the, the greatest saint of modern times. Um, a number of the popes of the last century uh, referred to St. Therese as um, the greatest saint of modern times. And so today we, we celebrate her again and with this kind of this way of childhood um, that even in the very, in the very way that we're, we're doing this, we are, um, we're kind of using that childlike, like I'm, I'm going to get uh, seconds. I'm going to, there's something I, I enjoy doing. And so I want to do it again and again and again. And so to, to love a particular saint um, and the graces that our Lord has bestowed upon her and then to want to um, celebrate her again and again. Um, it's a very childlike thing, this way of childhood. That, that's the theme for today's meditation, the, the way of childhood, to be, to be very childlike. Because of the way that the calendars fall, it is, um, we've, we're reading the same gospel three days in a row. Uh, or at least a section of the same gospel, uh, that we read the gospel for St. Therese's feast day in the ordinary form on Thursday, and then the gospel for the guardian angels uh, includes the same exact passage, and then today, um, the gospel for the extraordinary form mass for St. Therese is that, that same gospel again. At the time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to himself a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Uh, that we need to be very uh, childlike. Childlike without being childish. Right to be childlike is not to be to be childish to be to be immature to be um, uh, overly temperamental sometimes to um, to be childish no no but childlike that we we recognize that we are um, on account of our baptism sons and daughters of God the Father and that this is uh, the reality of what's called divine filiation that we are sons and daughters of God the Father. And so to be childlike is to, um, to really kind of rejoice in, you know, I, I have my, my Abba, my, my, my Father God, my Abba, and I, I, I love him and he loves me. And, and all I have to do is, is go and talk to him about anything. You know, it's, it's, 
it's a beauty of, of childhood, and, and it's, there's kind of a moment somewhere, probably in adolescence, maybe in adulthood, um, but there's, um, there's a moment where, you know, children often see their parents as a type of um, superhero, usually in, in good circumstances. Children are, can see their, their parents as a type of superhero. They look up to their parents in a way. They, um, mom or dad could, could do anything. There's this thought of, like, if I could just, you know, whatever, whatever's wrong. Like, mom and dad can, can fix it. They're the ones I need to go to for anything that's wrong. Um, so at some point that gets that gets lost, and as someone grows older, they see that their parents, uh, their earthly parents, are um, are beset with the same weaknesses that they are, and that this is just a reality of our human nature. But a childlike way is like to look and say, like, no, my my parents, all I need is is um, is my parents, my parents to be there, and um, and then everything everything will be okay. Um, well, all the more so with Almighty God. Like, all I need is God, and God actually can do everything, right? There's not, we're never going to get to a point where we realize that God is somehow um, beset with the same um, limitations that we are, that, that God is beset by the same sinfulness we are. Um, our Lord took upon himself our human nature so that he could share our weakness, but, um, but uh, like God in his Godhead, is not subject to the same kind of fickle weakness that we are. Um, our God actually is our, our Father, our omnipotent Father. And so if we want to walk along the way of childhood, it really begins with understanding whose children we are, that we are children of God the Father, our Abba, um, who loves us, who who right now is is holding us in existence uh, and who wants to shower such good things upon us. This is something with the life of St. Therese that was so um, important and remarkable is that it was, it was the heresy of Jansenism that was, that was rampant, that you know, God is an angry God. Um, and, and in response to this, our loving God... Um, revealed to St. Margaret Mary Alacoque the, the Sacred Heart, that, um, that he, our Lord loves us with a human heart, um, and then as well raised up the great St. Therese, um, that God is our Father and he loves us and he just um, wants uh, us to receive that love. When, when you read the life of St. Therese, when you, when you study different aspects of her life, particularly in her time leading up to the Carmel, her entrance into Carmel, it's all very, um, it's all very simple, right? I think, and I haven't read the book, so I, I don't want to misquote it, but I think that a, a contemporary author from the 20th century, uh, Hansers von Balthasar, um, talked about that one of the things with St. Therese, and again, this is third hand, someone that read the book told me this, uh, but I think it's what Balthasar would probably say. One of the things about St. Therese is that I mean she was she was a member of the probably the upper middle class. Um, she you know w- one of these traumas of her childhood. Um, one of the traumas of her childhood was was yes uh, the I mean the death of her mother um, absolutely. Um, but then as she was I think it was when she was eight years old. It was as she was a very um, 
she wanted her if she didn't get exactly her way she would she would cry and she would cry and she'd be a, a, a nightmare to be around uh, because of some of her real um, moodiness there and that it was the miracle uh, this Christmas miracle that she received where she um, it, it, her they put out the shoes by the fire and her father would go and put the the gifts in the shoes um, and that she she was all excited about it and as she's walking up the stairs she hears her father say to her sister um, well thank goodness this is the last year we have to do this <laughs> right um, like he just he, he was I, I think there's many um, times when Christmas preparations some some parents are like yeah thank goodness this is the last time we kind of got to go through with this degree of intensity um, thank goodness this is the last year we got to do this and she heard that and it would have been something that would have totally, um, totally wrecked her and just would have, um, it, it, she would have started crying and crying and been inconsolable and ruined Christmas. And then it, it, it's a grace. It was a total grace that, um, that she didn't, that God kind of cured her of um, what probably could have been a, a diagnosable neurosis at the time, um, but that God um, miraculously cured her right there of that and that she didn't cry because of this, this Christmas thing. Um, and she went upstairs, she came back down, and with all, you know, joyfulness, opened up her presents, hugged her dad, and, you know, they had a nice Christmas together. And one of the things Balthazar says is, like, this, is, this shows that, that God can even raise up saints in the upper middle class of bourgeoisie France, right? Like, this is, this is the life that she's living. She's not growing up, you know, a, a very poor and destitute young lady. She's living, she's living a pretty nice life. I visited her house. It's bigger than the rectory, right? It's, um, she lived in a nice house. Um, but that our, our Lord um, even is willing to, to, some of these things you think like, okay, no, like God has to save his time for the big cures, like God has to, God will fix the big problems and that my, my small idiosyncrasies and my, my small character flaws, um, my small little issues, I'm going to cry because I don't get what I want at Christmas. Um, that's outside of God's realm. God, God doesn't want to deal with that. God's too big for my littleness. And what St. Therese shows us is God is never too big for our littleness. And that even in our, in our smallest little needs, um, Almighty God still totally pours out his love upon us. And he, um, he just loves us so much. And he's willing, yeah, as a good dad, even these small things, he's willing to help us with. Um, he's willing to pour out his love, our Abba. And so we, we need to, if we want to live a life of childhood, live this way of childhood, we have to know who our father is and we have to have confidence and love for our father and we have to be willing to bring our father big things and little things and not consider that anything is too, um, too small for Almighty God. But we bring him all these things, little, you know, the smallest little things. Okay, I bring it to my Lord, bring it to my dad. Um, and I, I tell him that. And then when we... Um, you know, when we make our prayer of petition, that we, uh, that we really um, know who our Father is, and that we, we ask for things, um, we ask for things confident in that, 
in that sense of we're sons and daughters of the Father. St. Jose Maria um, writes in the way, how good it is to be a child. When a man asks for a favor, his request must be backed by an account of his achievements. And we all know, like, this is, you know, I need a favor. But, like, I even I need to kind of convince you, like, well, it's not, like, can you, can you pick this thing up uh, for me? It's on your way. Do you mind? I'm busy. You know, I've got stuff going on. Would you, would you mind doing that for me? And usually, you know, people of goodwill say, yeah, absolutely, even if it's not so convenient for them. Or like, hey, if I, I can help you with this today, is there a chance you could help? Like, I, I helped you move. Maybe you can help me move, right? Um, that when we ask each other for favors and when we as adults need, need someone's help, sometimes we've got to give a little bit of a, here's why I need this. Here's what I'm asking for. And here's kind of the reasons why you should do it. San Jose goes on. When it's a child who asks, since children have no achievements, it's enough for him to say, I'm a son of such and such a man. Ah, Lord, tell him with all your soul. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. What a, if, I, if I ask for things from our Lord in a, in a childlike way, it's enough to say, like, I'm your son. I don't need to, I don't need to justify why I'm asking. Like, right? If I need to ask my father for help with something, I'm not going to say, like, hey, like, I'll help you move if you help me rearrange some stuff in the record. I'm just going to be like, Dad, I need some help. You know, are you around today? Right? I, I'm, but I'm a child of God. I don't need to present a list of achievements. And how often do we kind of do that when we go to our Father God in prayer and we want something, that we're trying to bargain with God? If it's not too inconvenient for you, God, it's probably on your way in governing the universe and um, that we, we, you know, I'll do this and this. I'll help you with this and this if you do this for me. No, <laughs> we don't bargain with. That's like, a, you know, my um, 16-month-year-old niece or 15-month-year-old niece, if she could even talk, um, saying to my, to my sister, like, hey, if you, um, if you feed me today, I'll, I'll help you with the laundry. First of all, she can't help her with the laundry, right? And it's like, no, my sister's going to feed her out of love. Right? Oh, if you, if you clean up the mess I made all over my face, right, I'll, I'll do this. No, we do it out of love. Parents do this out of love for their children. All the more so with Almighty God, who loves us and just wants to give good things to us. Um, and that we need to just allow ourselves to, to be loved and, and to, to let God... Um, love us and to to let God continue to uh, pour out his goodness upon us. Going on with St. Jose Maria, he writes, uh, so when when we're praying, you know, to persevere. A child knocking at a door knocks once, twice, many times, and loud and long, shamelessly. And the anger of whoever comes to open is dispelled by the simplicity of the disturbing little creature, so you with God, right? Just think about the way I, I was taught very early on through maybe some scoldings, like don't ring a doorbell twice. You ring the doorbell once and you don't immediately ring the doorbell and then ring it again and then knock and then ring it again. Sometimes it takes people a little time to get to the door, um, right? I remember that, but that's what children do, right? Children, like what's the instinct? Well, I want the door to be open. So I hit this little button there and count to what seems like an eternity, but it's probably only like three or four seconds, and then ring it again, and then, and then let's knock while we're at it. 
Um, and they do this, and they do it shamelessly. And that we, when we go to Almighty God, we should, that should be our prayer. We should ask shamelessly for things. When, when we want good things for our spiritual life from God, we want, when we want our Lord to help us, I mean, it's, how sad would it be? I mean, I'm, I now, having been scolded as a child many times for ringing the doorbell too many times, um, now I like to ring the bell. And now I remember I was standing outside of a, a local rectory to uh, get together with the priest there, and um, the doorbell wasn't working, but I rang it, and I rang it once. And it said, there was a sign, only ring the doorbell once. So I hit that button. I didn't know nothing happened inside. So I'm standing there. And then someone else comes up. I'm like, oh, yeah, I already rang the doorbell. They must be coming. Two other people come up. Oh, yeah, no, we're just, we're also social distancing, right? But it's, oh, no, no, we already rang, I already rang the doorbell. Now, I mean, we waited like five minutes, which is a long time when you're standing on a stoop without ringing the doorbell again or knocking because of how scarred I've, I've been through growing up with um, you only ring the doorbell once, right? And even these other people are like, should we ring again? I'm like, no, no, it says only ring it once. I rang it. I'm sure they're just like on a phone call or something. They'll be here. They know we're here. And someone's like, Father, I don't think they know we're here. <laughs> someone else ended up going around the back because I, I refused to let that doorbell be rung again. Um, but how much do we do that with God sometimes? We're like, I asked God for something once, and I don't want to bother God. Not, definitely not. Ring God's doorbell once, and then you just wait patiently until either the door is opened or it's not. No, that's, that's not the way of childhood, and that's not what we do with our God. We ring again and again and again, and then we knock. We're sure that we've got to be sure you know that we're there, right? We'll knock a little bit. We'll knock loud, as loud as our little hands can manage, right? And we just, again and again and again. Um, because we, that's how we act with childhood. In the sense of, of real spiritual childhood. Walking the way of childhood. Um, with total confidence, total love. You know, one of the things that always amazes, um, amazes me with children is, is just the way that they also allow themselves to be handled, right? And as we, as we learn to walk the way of childhood, as you turn and become like children, even just like, let's look at the, the gospel passage. And calling to him a child, he put it in the midst of them and said, truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child will be, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Um, our Lord like takes this kid and calls it over and right there in the midst of them um, places it. Now, these are a bunch of squabbling, arguing adults. Uh, but one of the things about children is they let themselves be handled. Like they, they, they let people pick them up and move them around and, and you know, even like dress them and undress them and Usually, unfortunately, with babies, toddlers more, more often than not, they let them get dressed up in ridiculous things, right? And it's just so... I have, I have uh, two cousins that were not too far apart in age, and my aunt would dress them in the same clothes. They'd be the thing. They would all, they'd be dressed, they'd be wearing the exact same thing. And you just think, like, that look, and they, they were not very fancy outfits. And it just looks so ridiculous. And... And you just think, like, 
these kids let their parents do that. Now, they probably aren't aware of it, but they, they let their parents, like, let, pick them up and, and dress them up. And, and wear, oh, I've got, you know, these, this brand new hat we're going to give the baby. And it's a, it's a very foolish-looking hat. But children, let, sure, whatever, you know. Well, do we let God do that with us? Do we let God lift us up? Um, just think about humbling ourselves. And I, I maybe have used this example before. But if somebody who was, you know, three times or four times my height um, tried to lift me up, like, that's not, I'm not okay with that. Um, that, that would be, a, I, would, I would definitely not, I'm not okay. Um, I would not be okay with that. Um, but that, like, children let themselves be lifted up. And as we become adults, we, we get more serious. Um, and that, I think the, the heaviness of being adults is, is not just a uh, heaviness of weight, but it's also like a, just a heaviness of attitude, that we are attitudinally very kind of, we're heavy, we're serious people. Um, and we just got to let ourselves be loved. We just got to let, let our Lord pick us up and spin us around a little bit. And, and just love us in that way. And we have to, with humility, um, just let him, let, him, let him love us and dress us up sometimes and give us kind of these, these different graces and, um, and call us to, to himself and, and just kind of like times of prayer and things like that. And who cares if, look, when I'm, when I'm with my father God and I'm, I'm being a spiritual child, like who cares if, people think I look foolish. Um, my, my father loves me and, and cares for me and, and clothes me with his graces and his gifts to me and, you know, uh, with times of prayer, right? Who cares what other people think about me when I'm praying? Who, who cares? You know, there's that, that type of person that wants to, usually seminarians are very good with this, and unfortunately it's not always a habit that goes away with priests, where it's more important that I look like I'm holy when I'm praying. What's important is that when I pray, I've got to look really holy. And so you got the, you know, the, the little bend in the back, a little bit, you know, head, head low, hands up high. And I'm going to look really holy when I'm praying, regardless of if I'm just thinking about what I'm going to watch on TV later today. I'm, 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 I got to look holy, right? And how foolish it is when we start trying to look holy rather than letting God just let us be holy. And that when we're in our times of prayer with our Lord, who cares? Uh, as long as we're not being distracting to others, right? We have to, there's a certain decorum when we're in public places of not um, praying in ways that are going to be disruptive to others. Um, but that like, who, who cares if we, if we look a little silly? Who cares um, what people think about us? Um, if I'm kneeling there and I'm praying and I'm just talking to the Lord, um, then it, it, I, it shouldn't be about what I look like in those times. It shouldn't be about, about me. And then, and I know I mentioned this on Thursday, there is just letting ourselves be comforted. Um, and that God, you know, God is the Father, right? God, God is the Father. He's the source and origin of all things. Um, but that all characteristics of good motherhood come from God as well. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, it's the reality of our human nature that we think of, of there's fatherly characteristics and motherly characteristics, um, but all goodness comes from God. And so, um, so God, you know, 
uh, it was in the, the first reading for a Thursday's Mass, as a mother comforts her son, so will I comfort you, Jerusalem. And so we let God comfort us when we're crying. Um, and, and that too, you know, for, for children and toddlers, um, uh, you know, there's something about when they are hurt or scared or what it like, no matter how big and strong they, they want to be, you know, my niece is getting to the point where she doesn't want people to carry her around. She wants to walk uh, and she's going to she's gonna walk or run to wherever she wants to go by her own feet. Don't try to carry her. She's been at this now for like two months and yeah, maybe about maybe less than two months. And she, um, she's going to do it on her own because she knows what to do. <laughs> yeah, right. But, she, um, but she's doing it. she doesn't want help and until she falls. And then she will refuse to move herself. And my sister has to go and pick her up and, um, or someone else. But, um, but that we have to let ourselves be comforted. And there's something about children that they can, I'm going to do this whole thing myself until things get serious. And I fall. And maybe I don't even get hurt, but I get scared by falling. And, and now I'm scared. And now I'm just crying. And now I just want my, my mom or my dad to come and pick me up and tell me it's okay and carry me to safety. Um, and that that's with God. You know, if we are way too much of just, um, I, it's by my strength and my power that I'm doing this, um, we have to let God comfort us when we're afraid, when we fall. We have to let God comfort us. And not just physical falls, but even falls of sin. Um, we have to let our Lord comfort us. We know we're broken. And we think that we can live this life of holiness all by ourselves without any help. And we have to let God comfort us when we fall. And that we just become very scared of what our human weakness can produce and what, what the effects of that could be. And, and so we need this help from our, our Father God. We need our Lord um, to comfort us, and we need to let ourselves be comforted. And, and the same way, just a child crying, staying totally stationary, without any kind of cell phone, just knows that if they cry, their mother's going to come, or dad, or whoever. Um, same with we, same with us. That when we, when we need our Lord God, we're just right there, you know? cry. Um, ask our Lord. Just, right now, I need to be comforted. And I'm stuck right here. And, and Lord, you need to lift me up and comfort me. And I don't need to go find you. When I'm hurt or afraid and I need the Lord, um, then I, I definitely don't. Uh, God doesn't come. I don't have to go find God. God comes to me. We need the life of childhood. Truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And so we need to live this life of childhood. Um, and that when we, when we live it, this is the last quote from St. Josemir for today, um, he just says, you know, don't forget, silly child, that love has made you almighty. Don't forget, silly, silly child, Love has made you almighty. That we, we're made, we're made almighty by the love of God. And that when we live this life of childhood, particularly uh, meditating upon the example of St. Therese, that, that love makes us almighty. 
there's nothing that's too small for the greatness of God, um, and that our Lord loves us and wants to, to lift us up and to dress us up and to comfort us uh, and to answer our prayers. Uh, our Lord loves us so much. We should ask in a special way um, Our Lady, the Blessed Virgin Mary, to, uh, to pray for us and to teach us the way of childhood. Mary is first the daughter of God, right? She's the mother of God, but she's also the daughter of God. And so she knew how to walk the way of, of childhood. She knew how to, how to live um, totally uh, from God's providence. And so we, we ask Our Lady to pray for us uh, and to teach us the way of childhood uh, so that she could teach us to be true sons and daughters of God and to live uh, the glories of the way of spiritual childhood.